When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Welcome back, everyone, to Jumping Bomb Audio. If you've joined us before, thank you for joining us again. If it's your first time, this is a podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling. Unfortunately, not a lot of Joshi Pro Wrestling is happening right now. So we're mostly going back through the archives, which we'll talk about. But I'm Aaron Bentley, if you don't know, and I am joined by Taylor Mainberg. How are you doing, Taylor? Good. I'm happy to be here. Excited to talk about more uh classic stardom yes that's largely what we're doing right now is digging back through stardom from the very beginning so if you are just tuning in two shows ago i think we started with the first stardom show ever in 2011 last show we watched a few more and now we're going to watch three more stardom 2011 shows but the good news is it looks like there might be some fresh content coming soon before we get to that if you want to get in touch with us you can follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio. You can find me at Aaron like the car and Taylor at T-A-M-A-I-M-B-O. Tay Mambo. That's right. You got it. T-A-M-A? No, I'm trying to do your name to the song that we're going to talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> uh, this joke will will land later in this episode. It's going to come know. around and people are going to rewind and come back to this moment and they're going to really laugh. <laughs> they are. <laughs> All right. You can subscribe to the show. Just search Jumping Bomb Audio on the podcast app of your choice or subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You'll get us there. If you're using the Apple Podcast app, we would appreciate a rating and review. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can go to redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. Not a Patreon, no extra content. Just if you're feeling generous and you got some money lying around, and you don't know what to do with, give it to us or Maki Ito, up to you. We'd like to start even in these, in these times with Taylor telling us a little bit about what's going on in the modern Joshi world. 
Well, so probably the biggest uh, news of the past uh, few weeks is Stardom announced that they are planning on having some shows, some no fan shows, sometime at the end of May. Um, They have not had a show in a few months, I think it is at this point. Uh, So they will be returning doing something. It wasn't exactly clear. Aaron, have you seen anything additionally? I feel like I just saw them announce, oh, we're having some shows, but it wasn't exactly clear how many shows, how many matches, what they were going to do. I know they're going up on Stardom World, but that's really all that I saw. Did you see anything else? No, that's really all we know. I want to say, I think that's it, that they're going to be on Stardom World. I'm not sure that there's going to be a live distribution of them the way they did with uh, No People Gate. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But no, I don't think we know a lot about it at this point. So I'm assuming as we get closer or maybe after they, maybe they'll film them and after they film them, they'll determine how those will be uh, distributed or how much content they'll have. I don't know. Maybe it'll just be a show or two. Um, not clear, but I'm sure we'll find out more soon. Probably the other big news that just happened uh, just the other day, Actress Girls launched their streaming service. They have a brand new streaming service. It's at actressgirls.net slash app. Um, A rare .net uh, internet domain. (laughs) Um, So I went on. It's 1,000 yen a month, which is about $9 and change if you're in the U.S., Uh, I went in and subscribed just to check it out. One good thing uh, that's a little bit different than a lot of Japanese streaming services is that whenever you sign up, uh, whenever in the month you sign up, you get the full month. There's a lot of streaming services in Japan where they will always charge you on the first of the month. So it's always a waiting game when you first sign up. You want to wait until the first of the month to sign up. In this case, whatever day you sign up, 30 days from that point, that will be your renewal period. So you can sign up whenever and be sure that you will get a full month uh, for your money. Kind of an interesting time to launch a streaming service, I would say. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought, well, they haven't had many shows, although looking on the service, they did put up a show, um, the March 22nd show that had never aired anywhere. Um, So there's a little bit of new content, one sort of newer show. They also launched with, I think they have just about every show from the end of 2017 up until now. So there is a lot of content on it. If you haven't seen a lot of actress girls and you're interested in getting into it. Um, I don't know how much new, how many new shows they'll be putting up for the next, you know, few weeks or months however long it is, but there is a lot of content on there uh, to get you through if you're interested in that. I watched um, the that March 22nd uh, video, at least some of it, just to check it out, see what the player is like. It's a very smooth player. The quality is really good, especially because I'm so used to seeing actress girls on Nico where the quality can be um, not so good. Um, it was a nice change of pace from that. So it's a really great service. If you're interested, I would super highly recommend it. You know, if you want to wait, if you're saying, well, there might not be new content, that makes sense. So maybe you wait, but it is worth it. It's very well put together. It's 
so easy to sign up. Uh, it took me about two or three minutes to sign up. I had no problems. So uh, if you're interested, check that out. Uh, the other thing that has been happening, there's been some shows going on. Uh, Marvelous has been running their dojo shows every two weeks. They had a show on uh, May 10th, which was really fun. Those shows are nice and short. They run about an hour and they have two matches, so they're very easy to watch on freshlive.tv. Um, Choco Pro has been running shows. Those have been great. They're available for free on YouTube. You can go back and watch all of them. I think now I've lost the numbering in my head. I think they're through 13, and those are another show that they're usually about an hour or an hour and 15 minutes, and they have two or three matches, and they're a lot of fun. And Ice Ribbon has been running dojos, uh, dojo shows, and actually this week uh, brought back Peas Party. Now, for those of you who don't know, Peas Party was a concept that uh, had been happening in Ice Ribbon for a little while. It was run by Tequila Saya. And uh, back in the day, I guess you would say, the thought was that it was for wrestlers who had three years of experience or less. So it was a way to get the younger wrestlers, the rookies, get them more experience with these sort of dojo shows. Now all Ice Ribbon is doing is dojo shows. So they brought back Peas Party for Peas Party number 41. Uh, it's a fun show. It's about an hour long. They spend about half of it uh, sort of doing wacky activities. They do a sort of soccer penalty kick shootout in the ring at one point, which is a bit uh, strange. And then they have two matches. That is on the Ice Ribbon Nico channel, uh, which is a separate subscription from the regular Nico uh, channel where you get all the other promotions. But if you're interested in that, they have two fun matches. It's um, not just the people who are three years of experience or less because Tsukasa Fujimoto is there and they have some um, more of the sort of elder wrestlers, but that was a lot of fun and an easy watch. So if you're looking for more ice ribbon, uh, I would recommend checking that out. All right. Well, that's kind of what's going on right now. Unfortunately, there's just not a ton, so we're not talking about it much, but when those stardom shows happen, I feel confident we will cover those right here on this show. But for now we are traveling back to 2011 March of 2011, on March 2, 2011, Stardom held a press conference for what was supposed to be their show on March 12th. There was, you know, so, some interactions with Yoshiko because she was going to have matches with Arisa Hoshki and Iris, uh, the best wrestler in the world. And basically, Yoshiko starts out by saying that on the last show, the last Stardom show, Yoko Bito had two lousy fights. And Yoshiko thought that was unbelievable because it proves that Bito's fighting ability is shoddy and reduces her value. Yoshiko says she's going to get the crowd excited from the first match. So she's looking forward to it. If you don't remember, Bito started with like a similar thing of two kind of rookie matches. Hard to say really whether they were good or bad because we didn't get much of them on Stardom World. But, you know, a little way to, to add some interest here for these starting matches. Yeah, um, 
it's sort of a unique concept to have two matches in a row. And if you're going to have matches that are fairly short now, of course, as you said, we've been seeing them clipped even from sort of their short length. It's a way to get uh, these younger wrestlers some sort of double experience on one show. Right. And you get to have someone like Yoshiko appear and have enough that it's not that they just have like one three minute match or whatever. So makes sense for everybody involved. It's just, it's a small roster at this point. As we get into now having seen, what, six of the shows, it's like, wow, this does get somewhat repetitive with all the uh, with all the wrestlers because there's just not that many matchups you can do. Yeah, and it's, um, as we'll talk about on the next show, it's about to get even smaller. Now we're coming up on a point where we're going to get another class of rookies, which will probably help. But for the moment, yes, it's very, I think there's a sense of them just trying to put together the different matchups while they have them. Um, We talked about last time, there have been sort of feuds happening, you know, Yoshiko and Yokobito sort of having this um, a sort of feud, um, but it's mainly been just trying to put, different combinations of people together to have sort of new matches. And I think probably get a lot of these wrestlers more experience. Right. You know, the majority of the roster is rookies. So, you know, everybody kind of needs to get some, some uh, reps, I guess, in the ring. So that's a lot of what we're seeing here is kind of what we were (laughs) joking about earlier as Iris began to speak. So Iris, if you haven't listened before, is, I believe she's Mexican. They found her in Mexico. So I, I'm assuming that she's Mexican. Uh, Yoshiko tells Iris that she starts to speak, speak Japanese and grabs her. Iris fights back and yells, Kuru Kuru Pa at Yoshiko, which apparently is similar to calling someone an idiot. Uh, although we must give great guidance to our listeners that kurukuru pa is an expression you should not use except in the closest of company, as there is a risk of being rude or upsetting someone, Taylor. There is, although when Iris yelled it at this press conference, it was revealed that it was an instant hit amongst the attendees of the press conference. So a lot of big fans of kurukuru pa at the stardom press conference. So we started looking in more to Kurukurupa because, you know, just wanted to figure out something else about it. And honestly, the Internet is not terribly helpful to me uh, regarding this. Of course, in, in Japanese, a lot of words have similar meanings and have meanings that are like the parts of words have meanings that just don't immediately reveal themselves to me as a non-native Japanese speaker. Uh, For example, the kurukuru part of this phrase indicates something spinning around and around. Uh, The funniest thing in this website that I was reading about kurukuru pa is the person writes, I've been told it has a faster, lighter feel than guru guru, though besides that, they have similar meanings. This language is just impenetrable to me. It is really, it is really wild that I guess, so I guess you could call someone guru guru pa. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. Why would I even try to guess? I mean, I, I have no clue. Who knows? Well, when I, when I um, you know, I don't uh, read 
Japanese, <laughs> really, really at all. Yes. Uh, so I've been mainly running these through uh, translator. And when Kudu Kudu Pa came up, I thought maybe it was just um, like in the U.S., like you might say someone yells like, ah, like sort of just a noise. But I thought it's so specific to write Kudu Kudu Pa. And then, of course, we looked it up and found out that it's, you know, this word that means calling someone an idiot that's, you know, somehow worse than, you know, saying baka or, you know, sort of the more well-known um, word for idiot in Japanese. So it's really a wild, uh, really a wild time looking up Kudu Kudu Pa this week. Yeah. So, this, well, this is interesting. This, this same website that I'm reading says it's notable that there is a gesture in America where one points a finger to the head and swirls that finger around, which also indicates lower intellect. So you have the, the spinning around of kuru kuru. And the idea, you know what I'm talking about, Taylor, where you kind of like that person's crazy, you know? Yeah. I don't know that I would say in America we use that to indicate lower intelligence. I think we it's meant to say that someone is crazy, right? Yeah, you're like, oh, this person's crazy. But I don't know that when I say, oh, this person's crazy, I mean, oh, this person's dumb, right? I think that's fair. But you can you can imagine or you can see like the how it could be derived or how the two meanings could have derived from similar places. With Although the spinning now, around of kuru kuru. Yeah, now I'm imagining Iris as she's fighting. Yoshiko at this press conference doing that motion <laughs> in the middle of the fight. <laughs> but we also, in our just e- extensive research about Kurukurupa, came across a Hatsune Miku song called Kurukurupa. I have tweeted it out on our JBA account. I suggest everyone listen to it, it rules. And it basically involves Miku just going kuru kuru pa over and over again. And that's what I was trying to do with Taylor's Twitter name earlier. The best I was trying to think about it as you were talking earlier. And the best I can think of is like (laughs) 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 T-A-M-A-M-B-O. Well, you have the easy one because you could do Aaron like the car, Aaron like the car. (laughs) Yes, that's that's true. That's very good. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so there you go. That's kuru kuru pa. Don't say that. Don't like, when you go to Japan, don't just say that to someone. Poor choice. Okay, next up, they had part of this this, uh, press conference about the pending Erisusa versus Nane Takahashi match. Apparently, this was a lot about the fact that uh, Susa is so young and was doing school and wrestling at the same time. And this leads to an exchange where Susa just asked uh, Nanai if she knew a bunch of different like mathematics things. And here's my question to you, Taylor. Okay. The first one, for example, Susa says, do you know what the ratio of circumference in mathematics is? Would you have been able to answer this, Taylor? Um, Probably not, but the answer is 3.14, which I guess is something I know. I don't know if I would know it by ratio of circumference. What about... Like, I don't know if this is maybe a translation. Well, sure. Um, Sure. 
thing, but maybe if it was like, do you know what the, I don't know, the radius of a circle is or something like that. But I don't know if I would know it right off the top of my head. So well, what about, do you know how to find the area of a triangle? Um, I did know, I mean, now I'm l- sort of looking at the answers because <laughs> Nanai did answer this, but I did know that you, you cut it in half. I mean, if it's, uh, I don't see, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to reveal myself as it's a forgetting, real kuru kuru yeah. <laughs> as forgetting the different types of, uh, triangles, but, well, you um, got your, you got your isosceles triangles. What's the one where all the sides are even? Uh, <laughs> I wish I hadn't started this. I think that's isosceles <laughs> because acute means the angles are below 90 degrees and obtuse means they're more than 90 degrees. Because I I remember that for some triangles, it's A squared plus B squared equals C squared, hmm. which is then you get the... But that's not the area of a triangle. That's the length of the one side of the triangle. I don't know anything about triangles. I want to be clear. I know nothing about this. So it's funny because she keeps asking her these questions. And Nanae says, are you making fun of me? I went to elementary and middle school. And I'm like, okay, I went to those schools too. And I could not have answered this question. (laughs) But also I went to high school and also went to college. So you, you know. I don't know. How many times did you talk about triangles in uh, college? Never. Uh, I don't know. I, I had a, the ma- the only math class that I took in college was like a really low level math class. Cause I am, not, I don't like math. I'm not good at it. And I never went to class. My only recollection of the class is showing up one day and I hadn't been in weeks, months, who knows. And there was an exam. And I get the exam and I'm kind of looking at it and I don't know any of the answers. And I just wrote on the test, like, I don't know any of these answers (laughs) and just turned it in and left. (laughs) So that's my math uh, talent, which is minimal. And yet I'm a lawyer. So there you go. There you go. Math is not important. (laughs) No, 40% is all I have to know in lawyer. (laughs) Figured that out. So anyway, they go back and forth about uh, whether Nanae knows things about triangles. And uh, Sousa defends her ability to use her head in school and in wrestling. Yes, because the big debate was, is she spreading herself too thin, essentially, by going to school and doing pro wrestling, that maybe her pro wrestling would suffer uh, because... She has to focus on school as well as training and all of that. But what about Haruka? I mean, if well, anybody's spread then. Well, she's only doing three minute matches, so she has a little bit of a <laughs> she has a little bit of a easier time there. True. Also, eight, what grade are you when you're eight? Like third grade? Third grade is is easy. <laughs> It's not like being a 16-year-old like a sophomore in high school. (laughs) You said it with such disdain. Third grade. I mean, am I wrong? Easy. Uh, I don't know. I I didn't go to third grade, Taylor. I don't know whether it's hard. You didn't go to third grade? I did not. Oh. Is there more to the story? Did you skip it? Oh, yeah. I just skipped third grade. 
Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> what? Aaron, I, you, I'm I'm becoming I'm becoming distrustful of you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you told me that weird story about Iris last week, which I don't still don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> and now you're telling me you skipped third grade? Okay, I really did skip third grade. I because you were so smart. Well, I switched schools. Okay, I came to the new school for third grade. They sent me to the third grade classes. And then the teacher would say, well, we want you to go to fourth grade for math or for reading or for whatever. And then suddenly I was in all the fourth grade classes. So then they brought my mom in and they just said, hey, we're just going to put Aaron in fourth grade. And then they did. That was it. Wow. That's uh, quite impressive. I mean, it's third grade, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I guess it's not that serious. So this whole thing started with you saying third grade is easy. So, you know, the, the biggest, the worst part of it was third grade at, at the school that I had switched to. Uh, the, the big field trip at the end of the year was to the zoo and I didn't get to go. So where I, was the, tr- where was the fourth grade trip? I don't remember. All I remember is that I missed the zoo trip. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it haunted oh. me my whole life. Oh, wow. Have I you know. never been to a zoo since? I mean, I have. I have. Okay. I've been to many zoos. But, Humble uh, brag. <laughs> yeah, I probably go to so many zoos to make up for not getting to go to the third grade trip. I think it was to the Cincinnati Zoo, I believe, the trip was. I think I went to the Cincinnati Zoo, but I think I went <laughs> to the Cincinnati Zoo in um, eighth grade. <laughs> wow. Um, I guess we were, were more advanced than you. Well, we were going to go to Washington, D.C., Oh. And um, that was right after um, 9-11. Sure. So we didn't. Wait, you're, uh, you're quite a bit younger than I am. Um, I guess. Because I think... Well, no. Um, yeah, I guess I am. Well, Because what year was I in eighth grade? That was... Well, apparently 2001. <laughs> no, 2002. Okay. Well, I graduated high school in 2003, so... Yes, you are older than I graduated high school in 2007. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the only reason I thought of that was because we were planning a trip to go to Greece in high school. And then 9-11 happened and they would not let us go to Greece. So, Two friends doing a podcast together, learn each other's <laughs> ages on air. <laughs> What's funny is I'm sure I think you've said your age on this show before. I did in the very first episode. Yeah, but I don't remember it. <laughs> but you're 30 something, right? I am. I'm 31. Well, I'll be 34 next month. And I'll be 32 in September. But I'd but I'd also skipped a grade, you know. So now that... someone who listened to our first episode said we shouldn't talk about how old we are, and now we're breaking that rule. So to that person, if you're still listening, apologies. What what was the concern or what was the I criticism? think it was that we should appear ageless and you know <laughs> sort of, you know. Like idols, we shouldn't talk uh-huh. about how old we are because then we can be any age that the listener wants us to be. Hmm. That's a fair point. I was I was on Yusuke Aikawa's uh, Instagram page today. And, you know, she's still doing some sort of idol group, or at least she was recently. I didn't know that. You found her Instagram? <laughs> I mean, it's she's like a she's got like a blue check mark Instagram page. What? OK, yeah. now I'm I'm opening Instagram. I hope my phone doesn't make any noise did you just look her up by her name 
Yeah, I just typed in Yusuke Aqua, and it was like the first option. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she's yeah. like a total normie. She's got uh, she's got kids, and basically all her posts are about like stuff she does with her kids. Although she still looks like she's ripped. Oh, yeah. Well, she had a post that was like, here's me really pregnant, and then here's me ripped to shit. <laughs> Pretty impressive. I will say, um, this is sort of related to what we'll talk about, but Stardom's 10th anniversary is coming up in January of next year, right? Um, I hope she comes back for something just to maybe even like show up and be like, hey, I'm here. Remember me? I did. I went back far enough in her Instagram that I saw she went to a stardom show. It was either in 18 or 19. She went to one and she had a picture with Rossi and then with uh, Arisa and somebody else. And then she's also gone to a DDT show recently. So she's still interested in the world of pro wrestling. Well, that's good. I hope she shows up. That would be a fun, you know, a fun nod to history, I think. It would. You can't, bring, you can't bring Yoshiko back, so... No. You, know. <laughs> you cannot. Maybe one day. So anyway, the, the show that was going to be on March 12th was delayed to April 30th because of the Great East Japan earthquake, a 9.0 magnitude earthquake. I was not aware of this earthquake until preparing for this show, Taylor. I, it's actually funny because I think this was before all of the, our current situation happened. This was really the last thing I think in Japan that affected shows like this and that shows were delayed. Now it was a much smaller delay. Um, and it's usually for stardom. It was just one show that got moved to April. But I think because when people were talking about, oh, we're shutting down for, you know, the virus. And the last time we did this was the big earthquake, which also caused a big tsunami. So that's, you know, what people were talking about. So I knew of it from that, but I didn't know that it had happened. You know, I didn't know exactly when it had happened and it had happened in March of 2011. So they weren't able to do any practices or group training until March 25th. So about 23 days off and then the march 27th show occurred which is the first show that we're going to talk about they're back at shinkiba every show has been at shinkiba so far 320 fans they kind of settled in around this number uh, after doing 466 fans i believe on the first show they're kind of in the 310s to 330s on every other show which you know it's it's interesting to me. It's different to go back and watch all these because you start to notice, for example, that a lot of the wrestlers do a lot of the same spots in every match. You know, you're kind of seeing similar things. But people weren't consuming stardom in that way at at the time. You know, it's like you were going out to watch these shows and maybe you hadn't been to any of the shows before. But it strikes me as a, a promotion that was Essentially, I don't know if you agree with this, but it, it seems to me like the draw of the promotion was coming to see Yusuke Aikawa wrestle. Yeah, and one interesting thing is, you know, we're going to talk about 327, and then they had a show on 4-3, and then they had a show on 4-10. I always think of sort of promotions in Japan that start up, and they say, oh, we're going to run an event in, you know, one in January, and then we'll have one in February. Stardom already is 
I mean, a pretty rigorous schedule considering they delayed a show. I mean, this is sort of a big break between the last show we covered on the previous episode and this show, but only because a show was delayed. And now, you know, 327, 43, 410, that's three shows in two weeks um, for a promotion that's less than six months old, which really was sort of surprising to me. Yeah, and has like 10 wrestlers on the roster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that as well. All right, well, as promised at the press conference, they started out with Yoshiko taking on Iris and then Yoshiko taking on Arisa Hoshiki. These were, you know, just normal matches. There wasn't uh, much special to them, but Yoshiko, as I was watching her do the, the face wash on Iris in the first match, I was realizing that I just love every wrestler who does the face wash. That's like just a move that's always over with me. But Yoshiko won both of these with a, I think it's called a head and arm choke. I don't have Mike here to tell me the names of moves. And I'm bad at that as well, so I'm not going to be any help. Two Um, move name Kurukurupas. (laughs) Yes. Um Aaron, I'm going to upset you right off the bat with my first comment. Don't you dare do this. I said, Iris somehow looked worse in this match with Yoshiko. She keeps doing the weird thing where she appears to be getting whiplash whenever she runs the rope, like her head snaps back. But also there was a moment when she started running one direction and then realized she was going the wrong way and just sort of stopped and turned and started running the other way. Um, Anyway, it was very bad, um, but it was short. So who cares at the end of the day? Um, Yoshiko versus Arisa, I thought was pretty well put together. It was short, but I think it showed both of their strengths. Arisa got a lot of offense in with her kicks and then Yoshiko you know, sort of pulled it out at the end with the with the choke. So I actually thought it was that was a pretty good match, especially for these sort of shorter clipped um, opening matches that we've been seeing. Yeah, this is the first Iris match that I that I can't defend. Uh, she was not very good here. I'm I'm very sad to say, and you know it it may affect her standing in the uh, GPA rookie rankings. Ooh, I'll just a tease. I'll tease that now. So next up was Haruka taking on uh, Sakura Hirota. And the funniest part to me was that this was the longest like video file so far <laughs> in the, on the show, even though we knew how it would end, of course, which was in a time limit draw. My one note that I have written down literally is a time limit draw. Can you believe it? Um, <laughs> uh, lots Lots and lots of time limit draws. Uh, I have to say, and I guess this sort of goes into the next show as well, but they sort of apply to both. I sort of am not digging the more comedic Haruka matches. I like the more serious ones. So these are sort of um, not my style, I'll say. Wow, down on Haruka already. Well, down on putting her with only comedy wrestlers who just sort of fuck around the whole time. You want to see her have a 20-minute match with Yoshiko? Oh, oh, also I have this other complaint, which I just remembered and I didn't write down. 
they go to a time limit draw and Haruka's just sort of like, well, okay. And she bows to the audience and she leaves. I'm like, show some fire or something like ask for three more minutes or something. <laughs> I mean, she is eight years old. <laughs> Let's not be too hard on her. I know, but I was sort of like, oh, it's the end of the match, and oh, she's just leaving. Well, also these early early shows, and this starts to change by the third show we're going to talk about, there's not much production on the what we're seeing on Stardom World, so we're not really seeing much before the match or after the match too much, so who knows, but... Maybe she went backstage, started throwing chairs around, so, yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. Maybe she cut just like one of the greatest promos of all time backstage. <laughs> Who knows? Next up, Nanae Takahashi taking on Eri Susa, the beautifully built match. And here's here's my big question with this. Nanae wins with uh, the splash. Did Eri Susa do the first submission hold idol pose in stardom history? Oh, that's an interesting... um, That's an interesting question. I think so. I can't remember any other ones. I think so, too. I think you're right. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, big moment for her. I, I really got the sense that she was gaining confidence in this match. I also wrote it's the best that she's looked to me. Now, I thought she still didn't look all that great. But it was the best she's looked. But as I said last episode, if you go in there with Nanai, you're probably going to look the best you look. Nanai is willing to bump for everyone. Uh, in a way that makes him look really good, have a bunch of near falls. So I think it's the best that she's looked, but I don't know that it was a very, um, I was sort of like, oh, she looked better than she has before, but she's against the best wrestler in the company, and it's just one match. Not to be a negative Nancy. We're getting grumpy Taylor on this show. (laughs) I'm not sure what happened. Pull back the curtain a little bit. I know you had lunch before we started, so it's not that you're hungry and grumpy. So uh, I'm just confused about all this negativity coming from you. Look, I got to tell the, I, I got to tell my truth. I got to let my truth out. Well, it's a grumpy truth, Taylor. <laughs> all right. The main event of this show was Yusuke Aikawa and Natsuki, or yes, Natsuki Tayo taking on Yoko Bito and Mayu Iwatani. Aikawa pinned Mayu with a spin kick. You know what? I think you're starting to see, we talked about Aerie Suicide looking like she gained some confidence. I feel like they, during this time off, they turned up the charisma dial on on several of the wrestlers. I thought you saw a little more charisma out of Mayu in this match, too. Yeah, I thought that Mayu in all three of these shows started to look like she's putting something together. Um, and I think, I think it was most prominent in the third show that we'll talk about, but... She has sort of interesting offense that looks different than a lot of the other wrestlers who are uh, a lot of kick-based offense for the other wrestlers. Um, and she's starting to do sort of more of the high-flying offense, but definitely looks like she's putting it together now. I don't know how much of that is because we know eventually she puts it together. Um, so I don't know if it's maybe not hindsight, I guess that would be hindsight bias. Hindsight bias? Foresight bias? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that we know we she puts it together, so we see something that she does well, and we say, oh, that's really good, as opposed to someone we know doesn't do well, and we say, oh, that's a fluke of 
you know, this one match. Like, Ari Sousa, it's like, oh, she looks better, but, you know, we know she doesn't turn into someone like Mayo. She's not, you know, the ace of the company, so maybe we dismiss it. So I don't know. Just something to think about. Um, this main event, I don't know how you felt. Aaron, you think I'm grumpy, but I love this match. Really? Um, I went four and a fourth. I went four and a quarter wow. stars. I thought this um, was probably the weakest main event so far. Oh, wow. No, I just loved it. Um, Yusuke, very close to the beginning of the match, did a spin kick, front kick, axe kick combo, like all in a row. They all missed. Um, and I was still like, whoa, that's really cool. <laughs> It didn't, it didn't hit anyone. It didn't hit Yoko, who I think she was in the ring with. But I was like, wow, that's awesome. She looks really cool. Um, one thing I also have to say is um, Natsuki Tayo. I think we haven't talked much about her. I think she, that she's probably the most underrated person in the company right now. She goes out there. She always has good matches. She's high energy. And to me... Every match she's in, I'm excited to see because she brings that energy. She really feels like she's there, um, even though she's, you know, doing all these moves. She's not leaving the other wrestlers behind. She's not just running around the ring as they stand around. So I really like that. I thought there were some great kicks that did connect in this match. Um, Yoko Bito and Yusuke uh, hit each other with double high kicks at one point with a loud thud uh, and I went back and forth trying to figure out who had hit who to create that thud and I couldn't figure it out. Um, but it was just like a lot of the other matches I've liked so far. It was hard hitting lots of kicks. So I thought it really delivered and I thought it was a lot of fun. See, that's funny because I thought this was maybe the weakest outing for uh Yusuke Aikawa so far. And it was that exact exchange where I was like, oh, that looks less smooth than you've looked in previous matches. The the kicks that all missed. So that's that's just very funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Moving on to the stardom show on April 3rd, 2011. It opened up with Arisa Hoshki taking on Ari Susa. And I, again, I thought that uh, Ari looked much better than she had before, even with someone not as polished as Nanae. Uh, Arisa did win with that uh, kick she does off the top rope that I hate. Yeah, I thought Ari looked better as well. Um, it was clipped, so I didn't really have much else to say. But yeah, I also thought she looked better um, against Arisa. Yeah. Next up was Haruka taking on Ebe-san. Not really confident on my pronunciation here. Uh, but this is Kikutaro, right? Or were you fucking with me? This really is Kikutaro. No, it is. He changed his name um, after he left Osaka Pro, I think in okay. 2005, because he, I don't remember if he lost the name or if they had the rights to the name. It was something with Osaka Pro had the name. And so when he left, he changed the name. He went through a couple names before ending up on Kikutaro, I think. Can't say I'm up on my Osaka Pro history. Uh, yeah, I'm not either. So if that's incorrect, um, tweet at us uh, and tell us we're wrong. Tell us we are. Kuru kuru pa. But if you don't tweet at us, then I'll, I'll assume that 
we're geniuses and we're correct. Yeah, and we'll just continue to repeat it on every subsequent episode. So uh, this went to a time limit draw. I appreciated, uh, I'm going to call him Kikutaro. I appreciated his willingness to uh, just be an asshole to Haruka. (laughs) That was funny to me. My note was, I'm bored of these. Well, yeah, that too. But I'm trying to come up with something here, Taylor, you know? <laughs> well, I'll say I'm bored of these, but actually in the next in the next show, I'll have more to say. But I was just sort of like, oh, it's another sort of comedy three minute. Um, but weirdly enough, a three minute time limit draw and the video file that we saw was only two minutes and 54 seconds. Wow. Uh, so maybe some... Um, clock management going on somewhere some some iffy clock management happening in stardom we've gone from grumpiness to time limit trutherism (laughs) wow conspiracy theory wow well that's what happens you know when you let negativity run your life taylor look you didn't like that last main event and i did (laughs) next up was mayu iwatani taking on yoko bito bito one with a spin kick and this was really where I started to see, like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing the same exact Mayu spots. Like that, uh, whatever, the, the the moonsault off the ropes, you know? Yeah, I said rope-assisted flipping arm drag. Oh, yeah, that too. Because <laughs> I had that same note. I said Mayu's starting to put it together. She has that. And I, I was sitting there going, what would you call that? Uh, and that's what I came up with. And that's what I'm going to say is the correct um, name of the move. I mean, it's almost like a, like an acai moonsault, but she's not doing a moonsault. Yeah, I thought it was good. You know, she is doing the same spots, but as I said for the last show, she sort of has the most unique offense now of all the wrestlers, all the young wrestlers in stardom. Um, so it was something where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going pretty well. I still don't think she's the most talented but I think there's something there where if I had seen her before, you might say, well, she's not the most talented, but she seems to have a lot of potential um, to grow from the fact that she's gone from the first show. Now we're in the um, fish show. Is that what show this is? The fish show. And I'm seeing things. I'm like, oh, it's someone who's starting to put things together. Yeah, it strikes me just being able to watch this it is with hindsight, but being able to watch it from the beginning is that I wonder if she was hanging out with Natsuki Tayo during this. Like, I feel like she's kind of incorporating some of the, some of the offense that Tayo does in a way, which I think is good. And like a positive thing that she's taking little things from different people. Yeah, it could be. Um, I don't know how involved Tayo was in training or, you know, being involved. I don't know if she was just brought in to, be a body for this sort of small roster. Um, But yeah, I think you could draw the parallels between the two of them. I thought this was a pretty fun match overall. I enjoyed it. Yeah. The main event, and I thought this was the best match. Hold on, hold on. You skipped a match. Did I? You skipped a match of your favorite wrestler um, of all time. Hmm. Did you not watch this match? Iris versus Nasuki Tayo? I don't have any notes about it. Wow. Oh, wait. No, I do. I do. I do. I take all that back. I did I skip I going to say you've abandoned her so quickly. No, I would never abandon her. Damn. Natsuki Tayo taking on Iris. Tayo won with her moonsault. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it it just hurts a little, Taylor, because uh, just not Iris's best outing on this little little run of shows. Well, I had two notes. The first note is Iris does a dive to the outside. Yeah. Um, and I believe I was f- rewinding and fast forwarding, trying to be sure of this. I think Saki Kashima is one of the rookies at ringside. Interesting. I, I didn't notice that. Um, it was just weird. I saw someone. I was like, oh, that looks like her, but I don't know. Maybe it wasn't her. Um I could be wrong, but I fast I rewound and fast forward a couple times, and I was pretty sure, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, another thing is, Aaron, I don't know if you know this, but this is the end. This is it. This is the end of Iris's career. That's very um, sad for me. I'm a but big she goes Iris out. Fan. She goes out as you should, as you're taught, on her back, giving Tayo the win. That's right. She's. Uh... She was a big star, but she's giving the rub to Tayo. Uh, it's really helpful to the promotion. You have to respect it. And it just cements her her status as uh, one of those all-time what-could-have-been wrestlers. Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't mention this was also – this was Stardom's first show outside of Shinkiba First Ring and outside of Tokyo. Now, this is in Osaka. That's right. Quite exciting. Um, (laughs) I was eager. I was like, oh, now they're going to go different places. And then the very next show, which we'll talk about in a minute, is back in Shinkiba. Yeah, it was nice to see a different venue and just feel a little different, you know, than than what you were normally seeing. But yeah, pretty quickly, they just went right back to Shinkiba. So the main event of this show, and I thought this was the the best match of the first two shows, was Yoshiko Natsuki Tayo taking on Nanai Takahashi, Yusuke Aikawa. Yoshiko pinned Aikawa with the Sinton Splash. I know, a shocking yeah. result, at least to me, it was. It was to me also. Um, hard to believe. I said this match was clipped as well, which I said I wish it wasn't. I was trying to figure out, Aaron, these matches, I would assume the promotion has the full matches. If they're filming, they don't just stop filming in the middle of the match and then start again. Do you, do we think that they're clipped because the parts that are clipped are not good or like I was trying to figure out, wow, almost every match on this show is clipped. Even the main event, like the main events in the past um, few shows that we've watched have all been, I think at least mostly complete. So I was just wondering, do you think there was like, they messed something up or something went wrong or they just thought it was too long and they're like, we're just going to put up the best 11 minutes we have. I don't know. My best theory is that this is the, oh no, it's, it's not the samurai footage, is it? I don't know. I don't know the background of, well, samurai is there. I know I see the guy in the samurai shirt filming. So samurai is definitely filming their stuff for TV. So I just wonder if we're just getting the, the TV edited version of the shows. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't it know seems... why they would get to put that footage up on their streaming service. So You're I don't right. know. That's my sense. question is, would Samurai allow them to put up old Samurai footage on a streaming service? I don't know if they would or they would not. So I don't know. I guess it could be. But then we're only talking about would Samurai air a 45 minute show? I don't know. Seems very short for Samurai, which I'm so used to being about two hours. 
But I don't know. Maybe they were like, hey, we want to do a, you know, one hour show. I don't know. Maybe someone out there knows and can, you know, let us know. Did these shows air on Samurai? And is this the Samurai footage is the other question. So since there aren't a lot of like real stories in the promotion so far, I've just started making up my own stories. And this is where I really came up with my first big story. That is just my complete headcanon. And that is that Yoshiko is working her way through like the more femme wrestlers in the promotion. She is the anti-femme ass kicker is what I have decided to refer to her as. And, you know, she starts that here by pinning Aikawa. And on the next you know show, she's going to get a match against Nanae, who I've decided is uh, the, the queen of the promotion. So that's my thought. Uh, I think it's interesting that Yoshiko, so Yoshiko is a rookie like all these other people, but she just kind of came into wrestling fully formed. Like there's this, I mean, she knows who she is from day one, like her character, everything. And there's this spot in this match where, you know, they, they get Aikawa tied up in the ropes and it's the normal thing, you know, where they put their, their feet into, or their boots into the person's head on both sides, you know, but instead they do it to Aikawa's boobs. And I'm just like, this is such fucking Yoshiko, <laughs> you know? Well, it's and like, then does it again in the corner where she just stands. <laughs> she just stands on her boobs. And I'm like, ooh, that looks very painful. Yeah. So, but Yoshiko was just like, she knew what she was from day one. And uh, yeah, my head canon is she's just trying to destroy the uh, more feminine members of the roster. Interesting. I do. It's, it is weird that I do sort of see them setting these things up. You see sort of Yoshiko and Yoko Bido uh, continuously, if not facing off against matches, you know, you had the press conference where Yoshiko's like, you know, Yoko Bido is shoddy and her value is low. Um, I don't know what's coming up because I've, I haven't looked ahead um, as a choice just because I sort of want to see it. Um, develop show to show. Um, so I don't know if they'll go back to that, if that's maybe a story that they're like, hey, we just want to get some experience and then we'll go into stories. So that'll be interesting to see when we get to the point when sort of more concrete stories start happening. Maybe that's when they start having titles and things like that because that lends itself to pretty easy storytelling. Um but we'll see. But yeah, a, a lack of sort of show to show um, overarching stories in terms of who's facing off against each other. It reminds me a lot and, and not just because of who we're going to see on the next show, but it's like it's got a real uh, Sendai Girls feel to it. The early part of this promotion. I mean, you will get feuds over the, the main title in Sendai Girls, but a lot of it is just like, here's our small roster and they're going to wrestle each other. Yeah, I can see that. That that actually is a a pretty good comparison. In, yeah, in that they really have the titles in Sendai. And other than that, it's just sort of, you know, not thrown together, but sort of who's available that we can put in sort of the undercard matches. So, yeah, that's a good comparison. Right down to Hirota showing up on a lot of the shows. <laughs> Although I think Hirota is, I think that's it. I think her stardom career is is done. 
Um, I would have to look it up, but I think that might be it. What a run. A legendary run. Six total minutes of in-ring action. <laughs> well, maybe less. Oh, no, that was the Kikutaro match. Sorry. Uh, so 272 fans for the Osaka show. We have really nothing to compare that to at this point, but we'll see how that plays out. They come back on April 10th, 2011 to Shinkiba. They draw 330 fans for, at least from the Stardom World footage perspective, the longest show of Stardom's run so far. And definitely the most matches, six matches on this show, starting out with a a debut well, for Stardom. I'm sorry. Well, before we do that, there was a... Um, oh, you're, I'm sorry. Some yes. action in between shows. Um, there was a little bit of story in between shows in that uh, Nagisa Nosaki, who at the time in 2011 was part of the Diana roster, the brand new promotion Diana, uh, came to visit the um, gym, the training gym, I believe, uh, to see Nanae Takahashi, and she wanted to ask her for a match. And she was accompanied by uh, the founder of Diana, Kyoko Inoue. Um, so Nosaki had been a neo um, women's wrestler for that promotion, as we've talked about on the first episode. Uh, neo folded and closed at the end of 2010. Uh, stardom acquired their high speed belt, um, but Kyoko Inoue had founded neo um, many years back and so she was starting pro wrestling diana they were going to have their debut show on april 27th of 2011 so nosaki came to the gym to challenge nanai to a match it was actually a rematch they had had a match in neo that had been decided controversially nanai had won by referee decision I actually looked up that match and I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. I don't know exactly what happened, why the referee had to make that decision. Um, but Nosaki came and challenged her to a rematch for that debut Diana show, um, which Takahashi agreed to. I also looked for that debut Diana show, which did air on Samurai TV. I know that um, if anyone knows where that footage is, let me know. Because uh, I'd love to watch that Nosaki-Takahashi uh, match, which was then booked. It was agreed to. Takahashi agreed, and they would wrestle on Diana's debut show on April 27th. It rules that they brought in Nanai, uh, the outsider, to win her match. <laughs> yeah, and that was a, it was an interesting show. It also had right above it in the semi-main was Mako Satamora against a 15-year-old uh, Seri. Oh, wow. A very young Siri going up against Mako Satamora. So that's another reason why, if someone knows where that show is, I would love to see it, uh, because that's another match I'm super interested in seeing. Um, As I said, it did air on Samurai TV, but I looked around for it in sort of the places I thought that it may be and couldn't find it. So maybe someone has it on tape or something like that. If you do, let me know. And now that Sari's wrestling career is over, it would be really fun to go back to the beginning of it and see uh, what she was like. Yeah. Um, farewell. A, f- a farewell to Sari by watching the, the beginning. <laughs> All right. So 
I apologize for skipping ahead in the notes. I got to get all my notes in one place. I'm looking at too many different screens here. So April 10th, 2011, we're back in Shinkiba first ring. And there is a, a debut for stardom, at least, as Dash Chisako takes on Ari Susa in the first match. And uh, Dash here is wearing a sweet Chargers 49ers Super Bowl shirt. She also just generally has the style of every girl I wanted to date in eighth grade. It's uh, excellent style. And she wins the match with a frog splash. Yeah, it was good to see her. This is the beginning. Um, this is her only match she'll have this year for stardom, but she will be back um, in and out of the promotion for the next few years. A lot of times with her sister, they were a um, fairly well-known tag team for a few years. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. Another one, I thought Ari looked pretty good. She had some nice kicks out of the corner. Um, and I have a note that I don't understand anymore. Um, I wrote, of course we get all of this. I don't know what that means. Um, well, presumably that this isn't a clipped match, even oh, though it's the opener. <laughs> that is what it is. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we, yeah, we got all 12. How long was it? 12 something? Yeah. Um, it's just another thing where I'm just sort of confused by what gets clipped and what doesn't get clipped. So yeah, we did get the entirety of the match. It was not clipped. Well, not a lot of clipping on this show. Generally, I don't think there's a few moments where you can tell they kind of moved from like one spot to another and we missed something like, I, I can't remember which match it is, but there's one where they're like on the outside and then we immediately see them back in the ring, but the same person who was, you know, on top is still on top. So I'm not really sure how much time we've lost. Right. Hard to say. Next up. Haruka taking on Nanae Takahashi. It went to a time limit draw, uh, but Haruka got a, a nice little red headband from Nanae afterwards. Yeah, it was very cute. I actually really enjoyed this match. So I've come back uh, to these Haruka matches. There was one point when Nanae put a cravat on Haruka and it looked like she was going to pop her head off. It looked like she was just going to twist and the whole... I don't know if it's because Haruka is so young that her head is very small. Um, but I was like, wow, that looks very painful to me. Um, so in a way she was like a kuru kuru pa cause her head was spinning. This was definitely the most like, I don't know if it was the most serious, but it was like uh, uh, there was something to this. They're yelling at each other. They're kind of posing off. It was a lot of fun. I, I agree with you. Yeah, there was instead of slapping each other, uh, which would probably not look great slapping an eight year old. <laughs> um, they they slapped themselves a lot. They, you know, would stand and they go, ah, and they would slap themselves. So, you know, working around the restraints of wrestling an eight-year-old fairly well. Next up was Mayu Iwatani taking on Natsuki Tayo. Tayo won with a moonsault. Uh, so, I don't know. This is this is like where you see the real awkwardness of Mayu in some ways in this match. Like, she, she does the, or she, I don't know. Was she faking the dive? 
but she did it awkwardly. So then it was hard to tell what the fuck she was doing. Oh was yeah, she confused. just she just sort of ran into the ropes and stopped. <laughs> right. You know, nowadays you see someone run into the rope and then they do the the rollback and they do a pose and then you know, oh, they meant to do that. That was on purpose. But she just sort of ran into the ropes and stopped and was like. Oh. <laughs> and did like a goofy like smile afterward. <laughs> it was it was very Mayu. Now, on one of the earlier shows, she actually did some sort of faint, you know, that made it seem more purposeful. So I think she just I don't think she intended to die, but I do think she fucked up what she was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, very possible. But just the um, charming Mayu like um goofiness. I had one note that was sort of, it was about the match, but not really. Shankiba is very poorly lit in these shows. Because at one point they go to the top rope and I felt like I couldn't see them on the top rope. I was like, why is there, I'm trying to remember how old Shankiba was at this point. Um, just wondering if it was so new that they hadn't figured out exactly how to light these shows. Um but I was like, I can't see them on the top rope. They're in, they're technically in the ring and I can't really see them. And also a question of, you know, Iris did the dot that dive on the um, Osaka show, which I was sort of like, Oh, people doing dives. There's not a lot of dives going on. I wonder if that's because the lighting was so poor outside the ring that they didn't want to bring people outside and not be able to see what was going on. I will say stardom is like still bad to this day at filming shows. So it's hard to say who to blame. That's that is very true. So yes, it could have been stardom's fault, but you would think the lighting setup would be the same and you would just come in and say, turn the lights on. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I also loved Tayo just like doing weird shit to Mayu's leg while she had her in the single crab. That was funny. She just like scratching her leg. Oh, yeah. Didn't she pinch it? She tried to, like, yes. pinch her kneecap at one point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she finally bit it, of course, as the grand finale. So that was fun. Then we got Yusuke Aikawa taking on Arisa Hoshiki. I thought this was a good match. And it had a fun little finishing stretch with Aikawa blocking Arisa's Brazilian kick, hitting her with a stunner, and then a spin kick for the win. Yeah, I also wrote the finishing sequence was great. I actually went back a little bit where um, Arisa blocked a Yusupan kick, then did the crane kick, and then hit the, that top rope uh, finisher and got kicked out, and then they went into what you just mentioned. The one thing about uh, Yusuke that I've noticed is that it seems like she struggles a bit transitioning from sort of moment to moment in some of these matches where she'll sort of do something, you know, it's like, oh, we're fighting in the corner. And now the next sequence is going to be, you know, I, I throw you into the opposite corner and I do something. It sometimes seems like she does something. And then there's a moment when she has to come back and be like, okay, the next thing I have to do is this. And then she remembers and she goes into it, but there's like a weird, I guess, pausing going on i guess i would call it where it's like what's next oh yeah it's this and then they go into it and it's fine it just seems like a weird struggle with her ability to go from moment to moment in each of these matches especially 
prominent in a singles match where in a tag match, oftentimes you can say, oh, what am I doing? Oh, I'm tagging out my partner. And then you're out of the ring and you don't really have to worry about it. So it's a little bit more covered up there. But I guess if I had any complaint about her, it would be that there does seem to be sort of a bit of a thinking going on um, from moment to moment in these matches. I think that's fair. We see a, a lot different version of her in, in the singles matches than in the uh, tag matches where she could probably cover it up a little more, as you said. But still, for like a brand new wrestler, very good. Oh, yes, very good. It's not a major thing. It's not. It doesn't totally derail the matches, as you've seen by the fact that I've given her already two, three, four-plus star matches. But it is something where you're like, oh, there is, you know, she she doesn't have it all together, so there is a bit of room for growth. Next up was Yoko Bido taking on Mika Nagano, returning. We've missed her for the last two shows. She's back, and she wins with a cross arm breaker. I thought this was a surprising finish. I thought this I thought this match rocked. I thought it was awesome. Um, it was pretty much like a shoot style, like sort of MMA fight with Mika going for all these submissions and Yoko just kicking her. Um, I thought it was really good. Mika was at this point, I looked this up. She had a MMA fight with deep jewels in the middle of May. So I think she, after this match, she leaves and she does that match. And then after that's over, she comes back to stardom at the end of May. And I'm sure that's what was happening, why she missed those two shows, because maybe she was training for that upcoming fight. I thought it was really good. Yoko, at one point, had Mika down and just started kneeing her in the spine, which looked very painful. Uh, Mika went for a couple of jumping arm bars, which I thought looked really cool. So I thought this was really good. I went three and three quarters on this match. Um, I just thought it was really exciting. It was quick. It didn't overstay its welcome. Um, very good. Very good for me. Yeah, I also really like this match. I'm a big Mika Nagano fan. I think we're running out of pro wrestling matches for her, sadly. But yeah. I'm on board. I mean, if, if this were happening in real time, I would just have her pegged as a huge star in pro wrestling. So I'll have to go back at some point and see if I can find info about why she left, presumably, to fight? I don't know. Well, I actually looked it up because after I oh. finished the show, I was like, oh, let's look it up. She was in Deep Jewels. Well, Deep, she was in Jewels, which is part of Deep. Deep is like the men's side, I believe, and Jewels is the women's MMA side. And there was some thought for a while that she was going to be sort of becoming one of the top people in the promotion. At one point, I think she ran off something like five wins in a row in MMA. And there was some thought that she was going to become very big. So I'm sure that's why she left. Now she never won any titles. Eventually she never won any titles and she sort of retired for a period as someone who sort of was like, Oh, this person had a lot of potential and never really um, got to, where everyone thought she would be, but she was considered a major player in jewels for some period of time. She actually returned to MMA 
She had a match in June of last year, and she actually wrestled on the Ryzen show um, that had Floyd Mayweather on it. She had a match on that show that she lost. Um, So she has done things recently. She did leave for a period of time. I think she left for two or three years, but she is back. But from what I read in sort of my basic internet search on her is that she was for a period considered to be a rising star in the promotion. So I'm sure they told her that and they were like, Hey, you've got to focus on MMA and forget this wrestling stuff where I don't know how stardom saw her. If they saw her as a star or just someone to sort of fill out the mid card. So I have a feeling that's probably why she ended up leaving stardom and wrestling although she does return for one show in 2013 spoilers come on taylor jesus <laughs> I, I also like i have no real appreciation for what the money was like in wrestling or in mma at that point in japan so you know perhaps she was on a path just to do better financially in mma yeah, I don't know what those paydays were like, although they were largely, and I think they might still largely run sort of the typical wrestling venues you think of when you think of Japan. I mean, Korokin Hall. I think this May fight that she had coming up in 2011 was at Korokin Hall. I know she's wrestled at Shinjuku Face, not wrestled, but had an MMA match at Shinjuku Face. So they weren't a huge promotion. I mean, they could run Corican, but there's a lot of sort of smaller promotions that can run Corican, but they weren't running huge venues. So I don't know what the money was like. Maybe they had more backing and they could pay her better, but um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because as we've talked about, she seems to have a lot of potential in wrestling. She's been very good. This is probably the most Mika Nagano has ever been discussed on a podcast. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's a um, deep jewels, um, Smack deep girl. jewels deep dive. Oh, deep that'd jewels, be good. Dive. <laughs> I, I also saw she she fought for a promotion called Smack Girl. Yeah, Smack Girl. Um, which then became Jewels. Oh, okay. That was like the the proto Jewels. Um, right, but yeah, right, Smack Girls. Right. I looked up every match she had, trying to find them on. Um, YouTube. I found one where she re- where she fought to a draw at Shinjuku Face uh, with a German fighter. Um, but there aren't that many matches. I was hoping that maybe I could find this May May fight that she was in, so I could watch it and you know see what she was like. You know, compare how was she in wrestling with how was she in MMA at the same time. But unfortunately, couldn't find it. Her nickname is Future Princess. Well, and now she's 36, so maybe mm. it's past princess. Wow. It's, <laughs> it's a little problematic, I think, Taylor, but we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on from that. I mean, well, in MMA, it's, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a young person's sport. It is. It is. That's Just true. like many sports are young people sports, not maybe not um, curling, but uh, <laughs> What about podcasting? Podcasting is an all-age sport. (laughs) It's definitely a sport. The competition is real. So the main event of this show, Nanae Takahashi 
taking on Yoshiko, built, you know, the payoff to the storyline I've built in my head. And Nanae wins with the, I'm going to call it a backdrop driver. She wins. And Yoshiko is uh, unable to fulfill her dream of conquering the more, you know, model type, uh, feminine, more feminine parts of the promotion. In what is this? The ta- how long was the the that first tag match? Is this the longest? This is definitely the longest singles match in the history of the promotion. Is it the longest match? How long was that uh, first tag match? Pretty similar, I would yeah. say. It was very long. I was I was shocked. I actually sent Aaron a message saying, comparatively, if you think about all of the rest, all of wrestling that happens, this is still a short show. Compared to some of the other shows we've seen that are like maybe 35 minutes of wrestling, this was a long show. Yeah, I mean, it's just like like anything else. When you're used to being able to watch these shows in like 40 minutes, it's like, man, this show's long. These matches feel long. And yeah. uh, it, probably, it probably hurt my enjoyment of some of the matches just because like normally if I loaded up a show and it was an hour and 10 minutes and the matches were 12 minutes, I would be like, hell yeah, this is like a quick watch. You know, but I was expecting something shorter here. And so it kind of made me probably like it less than I would have. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I sort of felt myself zoning out a little bit like, oh, okay, okay. And I think it's the same thing. You had the nice store. I didn't think to uh, make a headcanon for myself. So I was sort of like, oh, there's not really a story. Um, I wasn't really surprised that not I won. Uh, she's sort of at this point, I guess you would call her the ace of the company just because she's the most experienced. She's not a rookie um, and she has some experience and accolades in her past. Um, so not really a shocking um, result for me. No, not at all. But we'll kind of see where it goes. And, uh, you know, the story that I made up, we'll see how it continues to play out. So I think this brings us to our rookie rankings, Taylor. Yes. I was I was told this past week that it was that our, our debut version of the rookie rankings were the most non-Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer audio this person had ever heard. Which I think is probably fair for how much we bumbled around that segment. It took us about five minutes to figure out that there were eight rookies in the promotion. So, yes, I would agree. I would definitely call it bumbling. (laughs) Okay. So I don't have your rankings from last week here on the notes. I have my rankings in my notes. Are we doing last week? No, I'm just saying we should recap where we were before. Oh, I can do. I have mine. I can recap unless you want to do both of them. No, tell us what what were your rankings last time? So my rankings were I'm just going to go eight to one. Eight was Ari Susa. Seven was Iris. Six was Mayu. Five was Mika Nagino. Four was Arisa. Three was Yoshiko. Two was Yoko Bido. And number one was Yusuke Aikawa. Okay. All right. I had Erisusa eighth, Iris seventh, Mayu Watani sixth, Arisa fifth, Mikanagano fourth, Yokobito third, Yoshiko second, Aikawa first. 
So mostly pretty similar. Yeah, I, there's gonna be there's gonna be some changes in mine this time. There, around. there are some changes in mine as well. Okay, well, go ahead with let's start with number eight. Who's your number eight this week? Number eight. Sorry to do it to you, Aaron. Is Iris now? She gets eighth, but now she's gone. So this will be the last time. I would assume this is will be the last time we include her on these rankings. So unfortunately, she ends in last place on her last time. She also ends number one in my heart. <laughs> Which is the most important place to finish number one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, I've got to put Iris eighth, too. I'm sorry, Iris. Wow. I know. The betrayal. She wasn't very good on these shows, and I have to be, I have to be serious about these rankings. Well, thank you for taking these rookie rankings very seriously, as they deserve. I would. Yes, I would always. What, who do you have in seventh? In seventh, I have Ari Sousa. So Ari Sousa gets to move up a little bit. She was a little bit better, but still, I think, lags behind everyone else in the promotion. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to put uh, Ari here, too. But I think the, the tiers are changing around. Like, I think uh, poor Iris is probably in a tier by herself, as she should be. She belongs uh, on her own mountain. But Ari is kind of moving up, for me on these shows, moving up closer where Mayu and Arisa are. Interesting. Um, I don't know that I agree. I think she's sort of still on a tier by herself. I mean, I, I do think they're both better than her. I'm just saying that she's getting closer to them over these shows. I mean, I think she made a drastic improvement from the first sets of shows that we watched to this show. These shows, rather. Yeah, I would agree. I'm just trying to think of the th- of the three of them, how close I would. I mean, she did get closer sort of by default. I don't know that she could have gotten farther away without, you know, being terrible. Um, but sure, I'll go with you. Sure, sure, sure. Wow. Wow. Okay. Whatever you say, Aaron, whatever you say. <laughs> All right. Sixth. Uh, sixth, I have Arisa. Uh, Arisa falling quite a bit from my um, rankings last week. I just thought, not that she was bad, I just thought there were some people who um, passed, her, passed her by a little bit. I'm going to do something shocking here at sixth place. But, you know, for, for pure inactivity, I got to drop Mika Nagano down. Wow. Wow. I just think Mayu and Arisa continued to show you know, where they are, how they're doing, that they're improving. And uh, Mika, you know, only had the one very short match. We're still not seeing that she can handle herself in a 10-minute match, eight-minute match. I mean, this match is like five minutes long. So I've I got to drop her down. Controversial. Wow. So we are really going to – I think we're really going to diverge this week uh, based on that because my number five is – uh, Mayu Iwatani. Um, so Mayu actually moves up a ranking, but still closer to the closer to the bottom half, but sort of moving up slowly. Well, I'm also going to have Mayu in fifth. I mean, she continues to. I don't know. I'm not sure that I saw as much as you did in these shows. From Mayu. I still think she's 
very awkward, which I mean, she will be for the rest of her career. But I don't know. I, I still, which I'm going to have Arisa ahead of her, obviously. I just still think Arisa looks better in the ring to this point. Interesting. Okay. My number four is Mika Nagano. You know, I have to say she had a good match. She had of, you know, on the show had, I think, yes, my second favorite match of these three shows. You know, and it's okay. It was short. I don't mind that. I just think she's good. Um, and I'm trying not to bias myself from the fact that I know that she has so such few time left. I think if I didn't know that at this point, if I was just sort of going in blind, I would say, wow, she's got a lot of potential and hopefully she shows up more and more in the promotion. All right, where are you? Oh, no, you did uh, you did Mika there. I'm doing Arisa there, fourth. Mm. She's my... She's my favorite of that tier right now. Uh, Arisa, Mayu, Mika. I'm kind of lumping them together. Oh, interesting. So that for you is tier. That for you is tier. Wait, four, five, six, seven is the tier? No, four, five, six is the tier. Oh, and seven is a tier by itself. Yes. Got it. And eight, of course, is... If Aaron could create a Mount Rushmore of stardom, it would be four pictures of Iris. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, my number three is going to be Yoshiko. Wow. Um, yeah. Controversial, but I just think the two people ahead of her, I was much more... I just feel much more excited about based on the matches that they have had. That's really what it boils down to is that they, uh, the two, it's really about the two people ahead of her. I would say if I were doing tiers, I would think these top three are in one tier, definitely um, sort of by themselves and pretty, I think at this far, pretty far ahead of the lower tiers. I agree that that is the tier. And my reasoning is similar to yours that I just kind of have the other two ahead of Yoko Bito. So it's not that she did anything worse on these shows. It's just how I feel about the other two. All right. Well, we are, I mean, we are pretty close because I have Yoko Bito number two. I just okay. thought she was really great on the show. And I think it probably boils down to really liking that, um, the, the main event tag on that first show. I really liked it. And of course she was, uh, heavily involved. So I think that's probably what pushed her ahead of Yoshiko for me. I just think she looks really good. She sort of got um, a, a solid look um, with the outfit. She's has the kicks. So she has sort of something to lean on. So that's why I put her at number two. Well, here's the big difference in our rankings. I have moved Yusuke Aikawa down to second. Wow. In my ranking. Ugh, disgusting. I know, but I, I just thought she was a little rougher on these shows than she had been in the uh, the other sets of shows that we watched. So I just, it felt like the right time to to push her down in the rankings. Well, I had her at, I had Yusuke Aikawa at number one. And I mean, to me, it wasn't even a debate that she would be number one, I think. And I didn't mention this um, earlier, although I had it in my notes. I think that she sort of has the 
sort of personality and aura that a lot of these other younger wrestlers are missing where they have sort of pieces and parts of what you need to be a good wrestler, but they don't have the entire thing. Um, like Yoko Bito, I think is really good, but in that first tag match in the main event tag match, she sort of came in and she was looking ready to fight, but it was sort of like a sort of timid looking, okay, we're getting in the ring and I'm getting ready where Aikawa sort of just comes in and is like, I'm ready to go. And so that's what pushes her over the top for me in that I think that she's definitely got the most aura of any of the young wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, I I don't disagree with that. Well, I do disagree with it actually, I guess, because I think my number one, Yoshiko has more of an aura than Aikawa does and is, is more put together in the ring, but it just kind of comes down to what I said earlier that Yoshiko feels fully formed. She knows who she is. The character is fleshed out. It's, she feels like Yoshiko. I know who she is. I know what her, you know, motivations are. Like I, I get all that from her already. And I don't get that from Aikawa. And that's not necessarily her fault yet because they haven't really given us any stories or anything to sink our teeth into. But Yoshiko just feels more fully formed to me at this point. Well, wow, we really diverged. After last week, we were pretty close uh, to each other. We really diverged this week. I'm starting to wonder if we are if we remain in close enough company to use the word kurukuru pa. <laughs> All right. I thought that was funnier when I thought about it. <laughs> it was when I said it, which so often happens to me. Well, you got to give it a uh, shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't care, obviously. You got to try. I say lots of dumb shit on this and every podcast I'm on. So that is what we're going to talk about regarding stardom. Uh, normally, we would talk about our recommended matches, but, you know, there's not a lot of matches happening. So just tell us, Taylor, what shows are upcoming of modern Joshi. So coming up is uh, Chaco Pro has a few shows coming up. We're recording this on Saturday the 16th. So Chaco Pro has a show that is airing in the States Eastern time tonight. So by the time this comes out, it will have aired. Um, And they have three other shows, I believe, coming up in the next two weeks. Um, And you can follow the Gato Move um, Twitter for that. They did have one show that they unfortunately had to cancel. Don't know if that show will be rescheduled for another time. We'll see. Um, DDT had a show today um, featuring Saki Akai versus Sayori Ano. Um, that's one I'm definitely looking to check out. They had a tag, a mixed tag match last week on DDT's show. Now they're having a singles match as part of Saki's um, seven match trial series. Um, so you can catch that on Wrestle Universe, no longer DDT Universe. Um, although I think the link is still ddtpro.com slash universe. Um, Ice Ribbon had a dojo show today, and they will have a dojo show next Saturday as well as they wrap up their IWQ title tournament with two 
triangle ribbon matches, three-way matches that will lead to a one-on-one final to crown the returning IWGQ champion. Um, so that will probably take place. There's a one of the triangle ribbon matches was on the show today. I'm assuming the next one will be the following week, and then the finals will be the week after that. Also, keep your eyes peeled. I don't believe they've announced any additional Peace Party shows, but they probably will do that coming up. And, of course, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, stardom discussing having no fan shows in some capacity at the end of May. We don't know if that means in a week or in two weeks or we're not quite sure yet, so we may be able to cover it on the next show. Uh, depending on when that show happens. And I believe um, that is it for modern wrestling, but you can follow a lot of different promotions. Uh, Pro Wrestling Wave is putting up a lot of classic matches. They actually put up um, this week one of my favorite matches, one of my favorite Joshi matches ever, and maybe my favorite Wave match, which is in 2018 in the Catch the Wave tournament. They had a block decider between um, um, three wrestlers, Arisa Nakajima and Masaki Ohada were in that match. Ayako Hamada was the third wrestler. It's a really unique match where um, it's three wrestlers. They each have singles matches against each other, and you have to pin both your opponents in back-to-back singles matches in order to win the match. So a lot of chaos as, you know, you pin one person and a fresh wrestler comes in and you have to beat them as well. Um, One of my favorite matches of all time. And unfortunately, when it happened um, in 2018, Ayako was uh, got in trouble with the law and Wave took the match down, I think, two or three days after the match had occurred. So very few people saw it. Um, It made my match of the year list, but many people weren't able to see it. But it is now on the Wave YouTube channel. Check that out. And places like Tokyo Joshi and Oz and Wave Again are doing a lot of Zoom um, hangouts videos on their YouTube channels. So check them out. Actress Girls just rebooted their YouTube channel. They've been uploading videos as well, in addition to the streaming service they just started. So lots of things to check out if you're looking for Joshi Wrestling content. All right. Well, I think that will do it for us. We will presumably be back in two weeks talking about more old wrestling, unless, you know, something crazy happens that allows us to talk about some new shows. Uh, we'll see when the when those stardom shows are going to be up, because I guess that could be around the time we'd be recording next. So maybe that'll work out. We'll find out. Yeah, and we don't know if there'll be full shows, if there'll be just a few matches. We don't really have any information, but as, you know, if they air and they are full shows, I would imagine that we will definitely cover those on this show. Absolutely. We'll see if it's enough content to get us a whole show worth. We'll find out. Follow along at JBomb Audio on Twitter. We usually, we've gotten even worse at that Twitter account, but we will let you know what we're going to talk about if there's old wrestling for you to catch up on before the show. I'll, I'll post today what we're going to talk about or what we already talked about on this show before it's going to come out. And you can find me at Aaron, like the car Taylor is at Tay Mambo. subscribe to the show. Give us a rating, give us a review. 
And that's pretty much it. So uh, until next time, bye. Bye bye. being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details